0: And I'd also say that a lot of the things that you're doing, you probably don't need to be doing <laughs> so that you can just let them go. Let them go. It'll be okay. You can do less. And it doesn't make you lazy. It just means that you're focusing in on the things that truly
1: matter. All right. And welcome back to Success Factory, the Success Factory. My name is, of course, Felix Becker, and I am your very own success coach on this journey we call life. Now, as you know, I've been sharing some incredible conversations with some amazing people with you in the past, and I'm going to continue to do so. This week is no different. Giovanna Marie started out as a high school teacher, became a principal, and now is a coach. Now, her journey is much, much, much more interesting than that. Find out more about where she lives now, what her favorite movie is, and why coaching can make all the difference in your life now if you like this content please like subscribe share write and review do all the things because it helps me reach more people and the more people we can reach the more people we can help at the end of the episode I will share with you how to contact Giovanna if you want to work with her and of course if you want to work with me be sure to reach out I'm here to help I'm happy to help let me know how I can be of service to you with all that out of the way, let's get right into this fascinating conversation with Giovanna Mayries. Well, Giovanna, awesome. Finally able to connect. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, let's get right into it. Who are you?
0: Um, who am I? I am a woman who has taken a long route and done a lot of things to get to where I am today. And I've made it my mission to help other women shorten their route to get to where they they want to be and to offload a lot of things that they have on their shoulders that's holding them back.
1: Yeah, that's so awesome. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of taking shortcuts or or at least cutting out all the bullshit, as I call it. So that's awesome. Uh, Well, you said you had a long route to get to where you're at today. So let's talk about that. What's been your route? How did you get to be where you're at today?
0: For sure. Well, where I am right now is I'm in Brunei. Um, which is a small country on the island of Borneo in Southeast Asia. And so I um, spent 20 years in education in the United States, started out teaching and eventually worked my way into um, administration. But Prior to that, going back even further, I grew up in a military family, so I traveled quite a bit, lived in Germany, went to school in Germany for a bit, um, and I knew I always wanted to move abroad. And when I was teaching, I was looking into, okay, Giovanna, what ways can I use to maybe teach abroad? Um, And at the time, I was married, and so it wasn't an option with the partner that I had, And once that marriage ended and my son and I were together at the time, I thought, okay, now's the time I can start looking into teaching um, abroad. But right then I got my first promotion into administration. And so, you know, you kind of get the golden handcuffs on where you're getting more money, more responsibility, and you're upgrading your lifestyle. And so you're hesitant to, to change any of that. And that's where I was. and But it was always in the back of my mind. And so I taught English online to adults across the world. Um, and then I became a principal. And anyone who's kept up with the news knows that the state of education in America has changed quite a bit. There's a lot of um, things that are on the shoulders of teachers and administrators. And honestly, it was very tough. You know, I found myself um, just questioning if I was making a difference, if this was the right path for me. Um, And then I met someone, and we eventually, we ended up getting married, and we both love travel, and our plan was, okay, I've got 10 years until retirement. I'm going to move abroad. We're going to move abroad then, or when my son graduates from high school, something like that, and then the last school year was just so, I'll just say, awful you know, I, you know, was physically assaulted, you know, cursed by parents. I was, it was just tough. And I was talking to my husband and he just said, what are we waiting on? And I said, you know what, what are we waiting on? Um, And so I just started um, applying and decided uh, on a, a, uh, a country several countries made offers and Brunei just spoke to me. It spoke to my heart and we, I sold my house. We came here with 21 suitcases and we've made a life here and it's been fantastic. And all the while I'm doing this, I'm also working on my coaching business at the same time. Um, So I had a lot going on, but as soon as I got here, um, it was like a culmination of all of these things I've been working towards slowly for like the last, you know, 15 years or so.
1: Yeah, no, that's fascinating. So when you're talking education and being a principal, what are we talking about? Like elementary, middle, high school? No, Where, high school. High school, okay. Wh- mm-hmm. Whereabouts in the States were you a high school principal at? Um, I In Texas. Texas, okay, all right. You know, um, I, I always say, uh, I, I fully agree with you. By the way, uh, on on our educational system, uh, and I always say, this country would be so much better off if we gave the Department of Education the same amount of funds that we do the Department of Defense. And you know, I say this having uh, having been in the Air Force myself, and even seeing some of the inefficiencies within within the military. Uh, but yeah, the the educational uh, system uh, really needs a, a big overhaul, and it's a, really a sad uh state of affairs if you think about that's the future of this country right those those are the people that are going to be the leaders and the people that are going to be running this country and we're not investing in that we're truly not investing in the future of our country and that's it's kind of sad uh if you ask me so um and yeah so i you know kudos to you uh to pick up that fight (laughs) while you did uh because that's not an easy fight uh to fight for sure uh so I, i appreciate you doing that um so, before you were a principal, uh, you were a teacher. Uh, what were you? What were you teaching? Uh, is that, was that English um, as well in high school? Or, or yeah, yeah, it with?
0: was English. Well, you know, when I talk about my journey, it's you know a journey, like I said, of of figuring out what I did and did not want to do. And so, actually, I was a print journalist before I went into teaching, and so I um, taught. English, um, but for the bulk of my teaching, I taught newspaper, journalism, photojournalism, creative writing, um, but I also taught English, um, advanced placement English to upper level um, high school students. So yeah, that's what I taught.
1: Yeah. Um, fascinating. Uh, I, I was actually born and raised in Germany, not military related. I'm actually a German, and uh, I would say my English far exceeds the quality of my German. So <laughs> uh, English definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, uh, just for that alone. But, um, I am curious now with your, with your interest in traveling, there's a lot of people who grow up as, as military children who loathe the idea of moving, um, you know, growing up and moving all the time, picking everything up and starting fresh to some people you know, when, when they get to be adults and get to make their own choices, they want to settle down. They don't want that, that movement all the time. Um, so my, I guess my question to you is, do you think you have that travel bug because, because you grow up in a military family and you were traveling all the time as as, as a child, or maybe is it, you know, is that nature versus nurture debate? Is it because the family you come from just loves to travel and that's why you're, you're, parents were in the military and that's that's why they wanted to be there and and, tr- and get that opportunity to travel so yeah it's, I guess it's the nature versus nurture for you in, in terms of your travel book is that is that because because of how you were raised or because of who you are
0: um I I want to say I think it's because of who I am um I think that I've always had a desire to do new things to do exciting things it's it's not just travel you know I'm I'm in education, I think because I love to learn and I'm a lifelong learner. And so in addition to um, improving my craft, learning everything about coaching, you know, getting different certifications, I'm also adventurous, you know, in other ways. I, you know, i um, will take a class at the drop of the head. I've taken a beekeeping class. I don't keep bees, but I was curious in it, about it. Um, I've done uh, power parachuting where you're essentially in a dune buggy with a parachute floating over the city. You know, if there's something exciting, um, I'm on it and I want to have the experience. And so I think that ties into my love of travel is, is just going and seeing and experiencing new things. And I'm not afraid of change and I'm not afraid to try new things.
1: Yeah, uh, that's fascinating, and I think uh, so many things that you've said are just, you know, these these golden nuggets of wisdom, right? That being a lifelong learner and being interested in change and and you know, having these opportunities for new experiences, uh, I think we all could stand to learn from you, uh, because there's so many things that this life and this planet have to offer us, and uh, it's it's really on us to go out there and, and have these experiences and seek that out and do that and. Uh, and, and life is constantly changing. So we have to be open to new opportunities all the time. Um, I'm still curious about this Brunei thing though. Uh, wh- why Southeast Asia? How did that come out? Do you have any ties there? Have you been there before? No, is it just, no. Flip of a coin and that's where you live. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it was, I was looking for, um, The practical things, of course, who was going to offer the best package, because one of the great things about um, teaching abroad is a lot of places um, they provide for your your housing. Like I'm living right now in a five bedroom, five bathroom house, mortgage free, Um, and they give you a competitive salary. They give you flight allowances home. They give you bonuses. most places outside of the u s really take care of their their teachers, um, and so I was looking for the best package <laughs> um, and I was looking for a place that uh, the weather you know agreed with me and it when you 're looking for an international position it 's about talking to people who are already there and so I got on Facebook and reached out to people who were in the area to talk to them. I made a friend before I even got here. And the company that I'm working for in Brunei also has really good PR. So they have videos of people who've been here for quite some time and the kind of life that they lead. And one of the things that um, also stood out in addition to a really good package was that it's a good place for families. Um, Lots of the people who were talking about their experience here talked about coming with their children and how good of an experience their children Um, had had. And one of the things my husband and I were looking for was a good place for um, my son, for our son. Because again, being in the United States, you know, there's lots of Bullying. There's, you know, fear of violence. There's, you know, and and with my son, even as as a as a young black man, he had a whole host of other issues to worry about in the United States in terms of his safety. And so that didn't seem um, to be an issue here. And lots of people, your initial contract is either eighteen months or two years. And many people, over and over again, I kept hearing people say. I thought I was just going to be here for one contract, and that was 12 years ago. I've raised two kids. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that's fantastic. And it's, uh, it, I mean, that's really awesome that these opportunities exist for people. And I think a lot of people should know about that. Uh, because like, like you said, uh, we really don't take care of teachers the way we should uh, in this country. Uh, I, I definitely have seen that. Uh, my girlfriend is actually a middle school counselor, and uh, you know, through her, I see some of the really the, some of the problems. Let's say <laughs> I am trying to be political here uh, with with our educational system. Uh, a huge amount of the, the problems, not just not even just with the educational system, even just with the social structure that a lot of these kids uh, get raised in, and it falls on the schools to make up the slack at home. Uh, and the schools really are not equipped for that, nor are they the, really the right place to to make up for poor parenting uh and uh that that's really a sad state of affairs here in this country so if if Brunei made the top spot, what was on your short list
0: <laughs> um i vietnam um, and uh, Honestly, it was mostly places in Southeast Asia. Uh, most of the packages, the good packages are either in the Middle East or in Southeast Asia. I looked at Thailand as well, um, but it was it was Brunei, it was Thailand, and it was Vietnam.
1: okay, uh, very interesting. Um, uh, that's so cool. so you know you have you said you have a son how How old was he when you moved to Brunei?
0: Well, we've been here for six months, so this is still new for us. Oh, gotcha, okay. Yeah, yeah, so he's
1: 14. Okay, all right. So uh, the reason I'm asking is, uh, again, I was 15 when I moved from Germany to the United States. And uh, it's, you know, I I, I feel like that was a, a, for a teenager, a terrible age to move countries because I was taken out from all of my social circles, all the friends that I had made since kindergarten, uh, all of my hobbies, all my extracurriculars. Uh, my social connections, and I was thrown into a mix of people who have been together since kindergarten here, uh, and it was really hard. Uh, a lot of times, really to connect and and try to find uh, find my way in. Um, so, how has your son dealt with all of that?
0: Um, he's been doing great, and I think it's a little bit. You said that you um, had had the same friends since kindergarten. My son hadn't had that experience because as um, a teacher, and as someone who moved into administration, um, you're you move quite a bit in teaching sometimes if you are on an administrative track because you get into administration to continuously move up. And you know that's part of how I know about doing all the things and doing the absolute most because I started out as an academic principal for two years and then I moved. To another place where I was an assistant principal. And then I moved to another place where I was an assistant principal. And then I became a principal. And so it's this, you know, you're this, this upward trajectory of moving places. And so my son didn't have um, a cache of friends that he had been with since kindergarten. So he was used to moving um, kind of the same way that I was used to moving, you know, as a child as well. And so my son is. Uh, an extrovert. And so he makes friends wherever he goes. And so he's absolutely loved the experience here because there are more um, options academically. The schedule is a little bit different. Um, Instead of going to seven classes, the same seven classes at the same time, five days a week, he's got like 15 classes that he goes to, you know, two or three times a week. His schedule is like a jigsaw puzzle. Um, and there's so many extracurricular activities. He's involved in karate. He's still able to be involved in band. Um, he takes melee, he takes, um, a mindfulness course, gymnastics. So he just has, you know, all of these things that he's involved in and friends that he's connected with.
1: That is so cool. Uh, that is so amazing. So is he, I guess, what kind of school are you teaching? Are you teaching at a local uh, school mm-hmm. in Brunei, um, mm-hmm. and then does he go there as well? Um, is this, you know, like a school for expats, or is it mm-hmm. specifically designed for locals to learn English? I, you know, I, I just don't know anything about that structure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, My son is at an international school, so he's at a school with other expats um, and some locals, Um, but I am at a government school, so I'm teaching um, local students, and I'm at a school um, that is actually one of the top schools in the area, and they focus on taking the O-level exams. They're college-bound students, and so these students, they, they know English, and they're focused on
1: um, doing well on their exam so they can take the next step, next step and go to college. So that's awesome. Uh, tons of opportunities for him. Um, what is the, what does the educational system look like for him, uh, after high school then, uh, coming out of Brunei, Uh, does he have opportunities to go to college if he so chose either there or Mm -hmm. back in the States or what, what does that look like?
0: I, the world is his oyster. He has the opportunity to go to the states or 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 go elsewhere. Um, right now, my son is set on joining the Navy. He's taken up an interest in in the military, so we'll see uh, he's 14, so there's time for that to change. He may follow through with that. I don't know, but he's focused on going into the Navy right now.
1: okay. All right, yeah, no, I mean, like you said, the world is his oyster and uh, there's definitely mm-hmm. oysters in the sea. So if he, you know, if he joins the Navy, <laughs> he can probably see a ton of those. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I, I truly love that. So you obviously have a huge background in education. As I could hear it's really near and dear to your heart. Where does coaching fit in? How did that come about?
0: Um, coaching came about because mindfulness Personal development, self-improvement has always been um, at the forefront of how I teach. You know, I told my students when I was working in the classroom that, you know, although I was a newspaper advisor or a photography teacher, I wasn't really teaching them those things. I was teaching them life skills through the vehicle of English or creative writing or photography. And so I've always been curious and motivated to help other people improve their lives and reach the goals that they want to reach. Um, working with my students, I would start the year off with um, a Myers-Briggs um, test. We would They would all know what their Myers-Briggs test um, was, and we would use that throughout the school year for them to kind of get to know who they are, to get to know who their classmates are, to understand how they work within the team of that classroom. Um, And so I took that on to my staff. And I would work with them on personal development. And I would, you know, end up, if you're an administrator, you end up having teachers in your office about things that have nothing to do with their job. You know, they're crying because they're getting a divorce or, you know, um, they've lost someone in their family. And so you become someone who, if, if you're good at your job, you become someone who holds space for people, not just about the work that they're getting paid to do, you hold space for them to talk about the things that affect them and and their life. And I've always been a strong proponent of taking care of teachers and making sure that they're well, because when they're well, they show up as the best version of themselves. And that supports the ultimate goal, which is to teach children and to be there for children. And you can't do that if you're not well. Um, And so I, I, became a coach so that I could do a better job of supporting my teachers in various things that they needed support with. Um, And then I also ended up becoming a certified yoga instructor um, because I had plans before I left to begin doing breath work and mindfulness and offering that within my school district to people who needed it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you said so many amazing things right there. And I think The the amount of leadership skills that you show by holding that space for your teachers, your employees, to make sure that they're at their peak performance, they're in their best shape to take care of, you know, your customers, your children, uh, is so true. I mean, that is, you know, honestly, leadership 101 across the board that everybody uh, should follow, and yet most people don't. Javana, we need more people like you. (laughs) <laughs> and true- truthfully i I really mean that i mean the, the that truly shows how much you care uh and and it also uh is really what leadership should be about It's about the ultimate mission and the ultimate goal that you're trying to achieve, not about the work that needs to be done to make that happen, but supporting the people that getting the work done to make sure they're at their best. So that ultimately you can reach your your mission, your goal, whatever it is that you, you, you're trying to achieve, in the shortest and the best path possible for everyone. So, no, truly, this is uh, this is awesome. This is uh, really how it should be. Um, how did you get connected with Lumia? Well, again, because I'm a consumer, I'm a hoarder of knowledge
0: and learning. Um, I, you know, was always looking for places where I could learn. Techniques to grow myself and techniques to help other people to grow. And Lumia kept coming across um, my podcast suggestions or my social media suggestions. And so I started listening to the podcast. That was my first um, connection with Lumia. And so I was listening to the podcast, listening to it. Um, And I think it took probably about maybe a year or so like the the seed was planted and and then it took about a year for me to say I think I'm going to become a certified coach and so I joined the program.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I no, absolutely, here we are. You're absolutely right. And and the and Lumia definitely has a fantastic community, I think, at least from my experience uh with people who are truly dedicated to the craft of coaching and helping others be better. Um where do you see or, or how do you see your future with coaching and education like how how do, what does that look like for you more coaching within the educational sphere parallel pathways uh maybe ultimately leave education entirely for coaching like what where do you see yourself going
0: i think right now i see it as a parallel situation and also one in which i will be um of course, using those skills like I've always done in my day-to-day dealings with students and other teachers. I'm, you know, not in a leadership role right now. I'm, I'm teaching students. And, and let me tell you, it's it's been, um, it's just reignited my passion for, for teaching, to be back away from all of the bureaucracy and the paperwork and board meetings and all of that stuff to be back on the ground with students has reignited my passion for teaching. Um, So for right now, I see it working um, parallel, but I think eventually I will probably leave education a few years down the line. I don't know when, and move into um, just coaching so that I can affect more change with people who need my message of, you know, doing less and, and living more because that's truly the path that I'm on is shedding away, shedding unnecessary responsibilities, um, unnecessary roles, baggage, things that I've picked up that no one asked me to pick up, but some story I told myself I thought that I did. I want to help people shed that to do less so that they can truly start living a happier life.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that resonates with me so hard. Um, you know, I'm a surgeon, by background. And so, uh, you know, I'm a surgical coach, if you will. Uh, and, and the way I look at it is, uh, I'm going to cut out all the bullshit out of your life, right? The whole idea of do less and live more is such a profound statement. I absolutely love it. So what do you, what would you like people to know about coaching? Like, there's so many people that I've crossed paths with who are like, what's a coach? And they just don't know. So, what to you is the power of coaching? Like, where where can pe- where should people really understand can coaching fits into their lives to, to transform them into a better, more powerful, more experiential, more freer human being?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, coaching is you know people people are smart. People know what to do theoretically. they know how to be successful um, they know how to they know and all the information is out there, but people don't do what they know how to do and I think that's where a coach comes in. It's someone who can help you see things from a different perspective, someone who can hold you accountable you know personally you know i I know what to do to to um, get in shape and be healthy, right? Everyone knows exercise and, and all of that stuff, but how many people find excuses not to go to the gym or not to do whatever it is they need to do? And so I hired a trainer who comes to my house three times a week and kicks my ass and makes sure that I am doing the work. She is my coach, she is my exercise coach. You know, and I also have a coach within my business for coaching, someone who helps me see things um, in a different way because I understand how powerful coaching is. So I, you know, currently I have two coaches and that accountability um, helps me to elevate my craft. And it also helps me to look at things with a a fresh set of eyes, a new perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no that that is so true. Uh and uh, I know for myself uh I, I truly didn't understand coaching uh what it meant and, and what it could do for me until I received coaching myself. Uh and it that's really what then opened my eyes to like whoa. Uh this is amazing. Uh it's 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 something so simple and and like you said, I mean uh, the stuff is out there. The information is out there. We we know what we need to know. It's the it's the action part, right? How do you take action? And sometimes you just need that different perspective, and that's exactly where coaches fit in. So that's that's cool. I love that. Um, who are the people you work with? Like, if you look at your coaching practice, are you focusing still on on teachers? Or you mentioned women earlier. So uh, what's your what's your niche? Like who who you, who should reach out to you?
0: Um, I work with overwhelmed and overcommitted women. And I teach them how to confidently say what they do and they don't want so that they can create space in their life and work to be the best version of themselves. So that's who I work with.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's really cool. I like that. So what is one thing somebody listening to you right now can start doing today uh, in order to better their lives?
0: Um, one of the things that they can do is they can begin the process of reconnecting with their values. I think as as women, as mothers, um, we take on so many roles, and we are a lot of us are always trying to make sure that everyone else is okay. And we put ourselves on the back burner and, we lose connection with what we truly value um, in our life because we don't give ourselves time to think about it. And it may be that at one time we did and we had, you know, strong values around one thing in our life, but time has sped on and we've not gone back to reevaluate whether or not we're still in the same place. A lot of the women um, that I work with, they are successful on paper. Things look great, but there's this feeling um, that something is missing, um, kind of like a hole inside. Maybe sometimes um, they feel emotional when they think about where they are in life, and they can't explain why, because again, on paper, it looks like everything is great, Um, and it's because they usually have lost track of the values that they want to live um, in their life, and your actions have to match with those those values, and so the first step is defining, redefining what are the values for me at this season in my life, because at this other season, 10 years ago, maybe they were this, but in this season, it's something completely different, I went through that myself, you know, when I um, went through a divorce, um, I wasn't receiving help from my ex-husband, and so everything fell on me, and so, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, I'm trying to make sure that I'm okay, and my son is okay, and so I'm working, 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 I'm trying to get promotions, I'm trying to do this and that to make sure that our needs are taken care of, and Once I moved out of that, it was difficult for me because I was still conducting myself with that same survival energy. And it wasn't until I started shedding that old version of myself that no longer needed to just focus on survival, that could work on self-actualization, that's when things really started to change.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been through a divorce myself, so I, I definitely know that that's a very stressful time and you're absolutely right. Uh, that time is is akin to survival mode. Um So yeah, that that is so very true. Uh, it kind of everything you're describing too, makes me think it, it's a matter of boundaries. People uh, lose track of what their boundaries are over time because of all these other external pressures that are on them, whether that's children or their job or the rest of the family or, you know, like a sick parent or something. And you lose track of your values, which then erodes your boundaries, which then means people are creeping into your space. And then 10 years later, you're in a space where you don't even want it to be. So I could see where you're saying, do less, live more, because you have to shed yourself of all these things that have built up over time. In order to redefine who you really are uh that's powerful and that's really what what coaching does so beautifully so that's that's awesome you're spot on i love it um uh listen i want to ask you some questions i wrote a book uh, uh about a month ago uh called the simple networking tool and it's meant to go deeper uh, and ask you know uh some you know some deep questions and also some colorful questions just to paint a little bit better picture of who people are uh trying to change the way we network and, and not just hand out business cards at meetings so uh, I want to ask you a few questions here. Um, what's your favorite holiday and why?
2: Hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's simple. My favorite holiday is
0: Halloween. Um, I absolutely, one of my um, not guilty pleasures is one of my pleasures is I love the horror genre. So I am a connoisseur of scary movies. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so spooky time is my favorite time because I love um, all things related to scary movies.
1: Yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, if you think about it, scary movies, they do evoke that fight or flight response in us. And, and, you know, I, I've, it's something that I've never really gotten into myself. Um but what, what what is the appeal to horror movies
0: um I think for me it's it's twofold um the first thing is that I was watching them at an age when I should not have been watching them, <laughs> and so it was a uh, it was and I was watching them with my father, and so my my dad would be watching these movies, and I would snuggle up on the couch with him and watch these movies with him and screech and laugh and and so I just have fond memories of watching horror movies with my father um and i still I still do that now we will still when we're together get we will watch something that's that's scary um and then from there, I think the thing that pulls me to them is that. On the surface level, of course, there's various genres of subgenres of horror movies, but I love horror because it is not really about the scary thing, right? It's good horror done well is a metaphor for something in your life that is frightening to you. And so it is the the man with the knife or the entity or whatever is usually a stand-in for a very real problem, anxiety, um, self-esteem issues, something like that. And you're watching people either succumb to it,
2: great, great, great,
0: <laughs> or you see someone who is able to overcome it at the end, now, of course, there's some cheesy stuff that just is what it is, but I like watching um elevated horror that is really about something much deeper
1: I see uh that's actually uh probably the most profound explanation I've ever had of the horror genre so <laughs> not now I'm intrigued myself uh what's what I guess what's your favorite horror movie like if I, if I were to watch one. Which one would you recommend? Like, what what's your top choice? Let's see.
0: If I were to make a suggestion to someone, something that would not permanently scar them but would also
2: um, prove my point, um, I would say there's so many um hmm oh goodness you know um
0: there was one that i watched i'm trying to think about the horror movies that have made me cry <laughs> <laughs> because they were so <laughs> because they were so profound um one that my husband and i my husband teared up as well we saw was um i think it's called you will not be alone and it is, um, it's a foreign language movie, and is about a woman who is turned into a witch. And so this this process, she's she's forcibly taken from her mother, and she is turned into a witch. And so her life is one of, um, it's harsh, it's lonely because the witch who turned her is like a very harsh task master. master. Um, but this new witch wants to experience the world. And so she's going throughout these villages um, in different forms because she can change her form and she's experiencing what it is to be connected to people. And this other witch is not happy that she's not, you know, you know, like her and just wanting to destroy everything and cause misery. And so every time this new witch finds happiness, the old witch comes and takes it from her. And she's and she's alone. But she keeps seeking out these connections despite the fact that it keeps getting taken away from her. And, you know, there's more that happens, you know, obviously in in details, but it was just a beautiful film about um, resilience and about connection and not giving up.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'll be honest with you, your description has me intrigued and I do love uh, foreign language films. That's uh, probably my favorite category on Netflix is, is the foreign stuff. Uh and I don't know how you watch it. I watched it in the original language with subtitles. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it it's so much fun. And like people look at me and be like, I'm such a weirdo, but I'm like, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um now you have traveled uh a lot, but what is a place you haven't been to yet but really want to visit? I
0: plan to go to Fiji for my 50th birthday. That's on my list. That's happening. And also Iceland.
1: Oh, wow. Those are uh, almost polar opposites. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So why Fiji and why Iceland? Um, Fiji,
0: because it's, I mean, both places are beautiful, but in completely different ways. Um, I, I, love water. I love swimming, love snorkeling. Um, I plan on becoming certified to scuba dive. Um, that's one of the things I brought um, with me was all of my scuba gear. Um, and so just the the water, just being able to be in that water and to just relax and just it's everyone I know who's gone says it's like a once in a lifetime experience. And it's absolutely beautiful, breathtaking. Um, so it's on my list and then for iceland um same thing people say it's absolutely gorgeous i want to see the northern lights i want to you know stay in one of those those uh bubble hotels and and just look up at the sky at night you know with my husband and yeah so i just want the
1: experience no that obviously you're you're all about the experience so i that's I could so see that. So with that, would you rather take a cold shower on a hot day or a hot bath on a cold day? Okay. So
0: <laughs> that makes me laugh because I am always cold. Always cold. And the temperature here in Brunei is um it's usually between 75 and 85, but the humidity is such that it always feels like it's 90 to 100. Um, And I have sweaters here that I always have with me. Um, At work, I will often, because we work in kind of like a a cubicle setting when we're not in our classroom, um, (laughs) and the AC is always on, and I always have a sweater, and when it becomes too much, I leave and go somewhere that has no AC. And people will walk by and they'll say, you can turn the AC on or can I open the window for you? It's so hot in here. I'm like, no, this is this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is wonderful. In fact, I bought a heater from someone just a few days ago so I can take it with me when I go back to school and have a heater underneath my desk. So to answer your question, it's the hot bath for me.
1: <laughs> All right. That, that's fair enough, fair enough. You know, what I was just thinking about was. When I moved to Florida, so from Germany, we moved to Florida, and uh, coming from German climate to you know, South Florida, Florida climate, uh, T-shirts and shorts, um, and Floridians are weird people. Once the temperature drops below 70, everybody gets their sweaters out and, and jackets, mm-hmm. and Challenge my structures. first year, I was like, you guys are weird, <laughs> and by my second year, I was doing the same thing, so... <laughs> <laughs> I I could I could somewhat uh somewhat relate um uh to that as well. All right, final question from me and then my previous guest has a question for you. Uh would you rather have a cat that barks or a dog that meows? Hmm. Well, I'm a cat person, so I'm going to have to go with the cat. All right. I think you're only the second person that has ever said the cat. Uh so that's exciting that's so cool. Um so what I what I started uh some time ago was uh the previous podcast guest gets to leave a question to the next podcast guest not knowing who that person is or when we're even recording. So uh the question to you comes from Jess Berry and it is quite simply how do you know when you truly love yourself?
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. I think you know that you truly love yourself when you can just be with yourself. A lot of people um can't
0: be with themselves and be content with that. Um, I enjoy my own company, and so I yeah, I think it, it's you know being able to just be with yourself, and that is
2: enough.
1: I I, I think I could relate to that. You know, when you just said that, it made me think of a time when I wasn't really content with myself, and I really had a hard time being alone. I was always seeking out company or or something other than just being alone, and I enjoy my alone time uh, very much. Uh, but it, it always felt different then than it does now. Uh, So I think think you're onto something there. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, Well, now it's your turn. What's your question to the next guest who's going to be on the show?
2: Hmm. Let's see. I would like to ask the next guest. what has been what has been the best gift that they've given someone
1: i like it what's the best gift they have given someone not the best gift they have received but the best gift that they have themselves that's a fascinating question um that's a that's an interesting twist i like that all right uh, i don't know who the next guest is to be honest with you i don't know if we're mm-hmm. recording but i haven't <laughs> written down so i will be sure to ask the next guest that question uh i have to think about that myself actually what's the best guest i, I have ever given to someone that's awesome uh javanna you are a fascinating individual um truly uh amazing how can people reach out to you where should they connect with you
0: um they can connect with me on my website um jovannamayreese.com. I'm on Instagram at May Reese. And I'm also on YouTube at May Reese. So any of those places, Google my name and I should pop up.
1: That's awesome. And I'll be sure that all those links are in the description below for anybody who wants to reach out to you, connect with you. Uh, they should. You're oh, certainly, individual. certainly. I yeah, it.
0: yeah. I, well, thank you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Any final words you have for the world? Um,
0: I would just say to listen to yourself, get in touch with your intuition and stop ignoring that voice that's telling you that you should be doing something different Um And I'd also say that a lot of the things that you're doing, you probably don't need to be doing (laughs) so that you can just let them go. Let them go. It'll be okay. You can do less. And it doesn't make you lazy. It just means that you're focusing in on the things that truly
1: matter. Yes, 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 and yes. Uh, Awesome conversation. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been Truly wonderful! You are a fascinating individual, and good luck in Brunei. And let me know when Fiji happens and Iceland, <laughs> and I want to—I want to see pictures because, all right, uh, sure I'll, thing. I, both places are on my bucket list, so I want to—I want to <laughs> see what it's all about before I go. Sounds good. All right, I really hope you enjoyed that. The questions that I asked towards the end are from my new book, *The Simple Networking Tool*. It's a great book uh, that redefines how we network. It's all about who someone is and not what they are. So if you wanna get your own book, it's available on Amazon. If you wanna learn more, there's videos about it here on YouTube. So you can check out this amazing new social science experiment. I'm so excited for it. If you do get a book and you do start your own, please let me know how it goes and what your experience is like. I'm working on the second edition and I want to make it the best one yet. So be sure to tag me, let me know how it goes.